You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am thrilled to introduce you to Heather Payne, who is a Toronto-based entrepreneur and angel investor with a passion for education and technology. In 2012, she founded Juno, serving over 1,000 students a year from a 12,000-square-foot space at Queen and Spadina. Those are two streets in Toronto for those outside of the uh, GTA area. She's also the founder of Ladies Learning Code, now known as Canada Learning Code, a national nonprofit serving Canadians in dozens of cities across the country. In 2013, she was named one of Canada's top 100 most powerful women for her work exposing women and girls to programming and technology. Heather loves biking to work from her home in Parkdale, where she lives with her husband and two young kids. Heather, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. So I feel like you have done so much and and empowered so many people. Uh, give me the why. Like reading that bio, it's like so inspiring. It's so cool. What, what's at the heart of all this? I think what it comes down to really is I just can't stand when things don't feel fair, I guess. And, you know, fairness isn't necessarily... Like, you know, we can't all be equal. I understand that that's not really necessarily the goal, but equity is a great goal. Um, Giving people what they need um, to achieve their potential is a great goal. Um, And so I think for me, it's been about, you know, I've, I've, I've always wanted to bring others along for the ride. And I've been really lucky to have a lot of opportunities. And that has in turn made me want to create opportunities for others. That's amazing. And, and why coding? Why uh, this language? You know, you, you could have been teaching people Hungarian or French or, you know, Michif, whatever you could have taught them. Why the language of coding? Yeah, I had no exposure to coding or technology or anything like that growing up. Um, but I found after graduating from university, I graduated like straight into the recession, uh, spring of 2009. And as I was figuring out, you know, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I had a business degree. Uh, it was a tough time to have a business degree at that time and be, you know, entry level. Um, I just kind of realized that I should learn how to code. And once I started learning, I got super addicted. I couldn't believe how fun it was, how interesting. Um, I felt like a whole world had opened up. And, you know, I felt a bit like, pissed that nobody had exposed me to this earlier in life. Maybe I wouldn't have studied business. Maybe I would have studied computer science or uh, computer engineering or something along those lines. And it made me wonder if, you know, the reason that that hadn't happened is because of my gender, um, because of the way I look potentially. And so that experience made me think, you know what, everybody needs exposure to this stuff. Everyone needs to at least have Someone sit them down and say, hey, we're going to learn some of the basics here. Um, you know, some people may not be interested, and that's fine. But let's give everyone a chance so that at least some people, I'm sure, uh, who might otherwise have been overlooked um, or ignored can actually have the chance to, you know, move into coding or technology and actually help us to create this whole technological infrastructure in this world um, that we're now living in so much. So that's really, I think, where the coding passion came from. And those that maybe are not on the coding side of marketing or MarTech or, or you know, or haven't hung out with the folks in there, maybe in their agency or at their brand who, who, you know, write those languages, what was maybe the original languages that you were learning 
and, and what languages are you teaching now? Yeah, I was so unsuccessful learning how to code on my own. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I wanted to create Ladies Learning Code and, and created Juno in the end. Um, but uh, the places that I started, so I, I definitely started with learning HTML and CSS, and most marketers would be familiar with that, and that's a great place to start. Um, it's also pretty friendly for kids as well, so if you have a kid in your life that's interested in getting started, it, it can be pretty a uh, good place to start. And, uh, and then I started learning Python. Um, that was the second uh, language that I started getting into. Um, again, both of those, you know, this was back in when I was learning sort of 2009, 2010, so it was a very different landscape than today. There weren't you know, a lot of amazing, engaging, learn to code courses. There weren't boot camps back then. Um, it's a pre-boot camp phase. Uh, and so you were pretty much stuck navigating Stack Overflow. And for those of you who have been on Stack Overflow looking for an answer, it's not always a friendly place. It's not always a helpful place either. It can be really tricky kind of finding that needle in a haystack that actually gives you the piece of information you need to move forward. Um, and so, you know, even though I enjoyed it, I was, you know, coding, you know, every single day, eight hours a day, five to seven days a week um, back in 2009, 2010 for several months at a, at a time. You know, I just never really made the kind of progress that you would really hope for. I'm sure some people can, um, and people do, of course, teach themselves how to code. But for me, um, it just was lonely. And so I think that's also the, the impetus of let's bring people together who want to do this. Um, and, and that's what created the, the opportunity for Ladies Learning Code and later Juno. So I um, have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old daughter. Um, when do I start? When can I introduce them to this amazing language? And, and what's a, where's a good place they can start? Yeah, so I have a five-year-old uh, daughter, and she's gotten started with Scratch, which is a language created by MIT. Um, it's a pretty cool program. Uh, my daughter does not really yet read. Um, she's almost reading. Um, but she's like learned enough from the words that are on there to be able to uh, navigate it herself. So she'll go in there and start making little programs. Um, the, the essence of it is basically that you have these different building blocks um, and you can bring in like, you know, when X is clicked, move this 10 feet or, you know, 10 pixels or whatever it might be. And there's backgrounds and there's characters and there's costumes. Um, so it's really quite fun. We sort of sat down with her to show her the basics. And then from there, she's pretty much just gone off on her own. And uh, there's a lot of great tutorials as well. So it can be a really great activity for like a parent or an adult to do with their kids. And then a free app like Android, iPhone, Yeah, iPad. it's totally free. Um, it's browser-based. So you browser just go to scratch.mit.edu and you just create an account if you want to be able to save or you can just get started. Um, really cool project coming out of uh, MIT. Cool. Now, do you have like, like kind of rough numbers? I know this changes probably all the time, every quarter, every year, but... Um, how many uh, women in Canada are currently, you know, doing code for a living? Oh, boy, that's a great question. I have no idea. Okay. Um, there are, you know, the, the IT workforce for sure, which is generally how it's classified in government circles, yeah. yes. um, is definitely growing. Um, and you hear reports all the time about how there's X, you know, unfilled IT jobs in Canada or X unfilled IT jobs in the U.S., um, so definitely there are, uh, there is a lot of opportunity in the space for sure. Okay, so I got to ask about that. So the, I want to call it the ICTC um, does a report every year, the most in-demand jobs, but uh, it's the Information and Communications Technology Council. Um, mm -hmm. And according to them, business analysts, business development managers, development technology, those are the top three, and then it goes on, uh, of course. But 
I feel like they there's a lot of jobs that don't even exist that are that are hugely in demand according to Indeed and other job boards, but they don't actually have a classification for those yet. Mm. So like for you, so when you see those government reports and do you just assume or is it and can it be assumed that IT has lumped in kind of anything to do with internet-y type of things? Yeah, it's definitely one of the issues that we have because we have these kind of old school terms that we use to describe jobs and it's hard for the government to change them because as soon as you change the term you're no longer comparing apples to apples across a series of years you know if suddenly the definition of IT changes and how can we compare 2011 to 2020 because we, we now have different groups in there so I understand why it happens um, but it does make it tricky to track trends over time and you know there are also a lot of great IT jobs um, that are maintaining legacy systems that, generally speaking, people are not necessarily interested in going into these days. Um, so there's, there's a ton of great jobs out there, but those jobs probably will sort of fall by the wayside over time as companies, um, you know, uh, redevelop their systems. And today, I mean, you asked me earlier, like, what are we training at Juno? Um, so we teach um, web development here as one of our main programs with a special focus on JavaScript. And we also teach React as part of that program. And then we've also just gotten in, into data analytics. So that's our second uh, main program because that is such a growing area, particularly important for marketers. I mean, we're training people to be data analysts, but um, you know, for someone who's a marketer, I could not see a more important skill set to start building uh, because there's just so much data now and so many great tools, um, but people need to be trained on how to use those tools. And so if your employer is not getting you that training, um, you know, looking for a, a school or provider that can deliver that training is a great idea. That's awesome. Now, marketing. How have you seen Juno grow? Like, went from its impetus to where it is now. Where are you seeing kind of the the marketing opportunities and and, and the growth? Yeah, it's been a really interesting journey. It's now been ten years that I've been working on Juno. I started when I was, you know, twenty four years old. I'm now thirty four, almost thirty five. Um, so it's been definitely a real a real journey to be part of. Um, and we've gone through kind of the whole experience from being just, just me and, you know, one other person um, all the way now to having around 40 folks full-time um, who work here. And, you know, I think the thing I was reflecting on the other day was about how, you know, in the very early days, I mean, we really caught a trend. Um, we were out there, you know, right when boot camps were first starting. I think when we started, there was three in the U.S., we were the first in Canada to launch. First um, in Canada. That's so exciting. That's yeah, really cool. totally. It was cool. It was just kind of right place, right time. I was, I was, you know, happy to quit my job and happy to kind of jump into something new. And, and um, women-owned, women-led. Yeah, exactly. Um, always has been. And um, so I, cool. I think there's really just, you know, I used to think I was the only one. There might be one or two other, you know, boot camps that are run by women um, and women leaders. Um, so it really is quite, quite rare. And that's part of why what I think we're doing here is pretty special. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think the biggest thing that has changed is in the early days, you know, we just grew naturally. We didn't need to do anything. Um, we grew, you know, multiple hundreds of percent a year without any advertising, just word of mouth. Um, and that can happen a lot when you're small and when you really like hit your product market fit really really well. Um, it's not as hard to go from, you know, three customers to nine, and that's a lot of growth. Um, but as we've matured and as the industry has matured as well, we've really had to improve our marketing, you know, capabilities in the company. It's something that, 
you know, it kind of feels like a bummer because you're like, oh, we have such a good product. Like, why do I have to work so hard to make sure that people know about it? But it, that's just a fact of life, I think. Um, and so I found that, you know, the, the past few years, Juno, we've been a little bit behind in terms of marketing capabilities. Um, I think we waited a bit too long to like start figuring out advertising. I think we maybe were a bit too confident in our product and thinking that that would carry us, you know, as far as we needed to go. And so now we are playing a little bit of catch up to develop proper marketing systems and proper data. Um, and I'm sure we'll get there, but uh, it's definitely been kind of a, a painful learning process for sure. And for you, kind of like the future and next steps now that kind of maybe you went into what was called like blue water, right? There's no one else there. And now you're maybe in my there's a lot more competition. Uh, what kind of sets Juno apart? What makes you kind of stand out from the rest? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a few things. First of all, um, our results are really amazing that we're able to get for people. So, um, you know, we, we, we're part of a few different groups that help analyze results. The government actually is one of the groups that will um, share results of, you know, us and our competitors publicly, including things like graduation rate and employment rate. Um, and we win. So we have a really, really good program with really good outcomes. Um, and when you're coming to a school like Juno, when you're you know, paying the tuition that Juno asks for, when you're doing this very intense kind of full-time experience, you want to know that you're going to get results on the other end. And so that's the first thing that we really like to make sure we focus on, industry-leading graduate success. Um, the second thing, we have the most caring and hilarious instructors. Um, they are so fun and funny. Um, and they just make it a joy. I think our, you know, we, we track customer satisfaction. You know, how satisfied are you with this program at Juno? And uh, it's like consistently 100%, you know, not always, but I think our average for the last quarter is like 90% or something like that. Like people are just having so much fun in these programs. And it makes me happy because, you know, in, ever since the pandemic hit, we became a, a, a Zoom school, basically. Yeah. We used to teach in person and now we're teaching over Zoom. And yeah. you might think, oh my God, great online class like everyone's had a bad experience with that um i really we have to figure out how to get people to give us a try because it's actually so fun and so funny and there's so much community and so many inside jokes and so many memes and and you know just all of that so that's been really fun um, our career services team is really special as well they're really focused on delivering really human-centered career support that meets people where they are. Um, and we're focused on helping everybody. So we really want to make sure that everyone gets the support that they need to make the transition. And then the final thing is because we've been building this community for 10 years now, we've always been focused on diversity and inclusion and making sure that people who might feel overlooked by a different school feel seen at Juno. Um, our community is incredibly diverse, um, really, really inclusive, welcoming. Um, they make people feel good. And there are so many, you know, women and queer people and people of color and, and racialized folks and marginalized folks in our community that are helping to make our school even better all the time. Um, so I think it's one thing that is so special that no one can ever take away from us is like, that's our community. and That's who we are. And, and it comes from you know, being woman-led and woman-founded, but also because of the deliberate work I've done over the years to really make sure that we're building a diverse team at Juno. And so, um, you know, you see it in our student body, you see it reflected in our team. And uh, for folks who care about attending a school that, like, where they can be themselves, that's something that you get to have at Juno for sure. Okay, so riddle me this question. So uh, your school is built with empathy. You, it, was, it was centered around, man, it, it, the passion, the heart of it all. You know, we're jumping fast forward to 2022, 2021, and all of a sudden these other schools where, you know, you're, you're training people to go into a very bro culture world, 
right? Like we, we, all the exposure around Twitter and other organizations that were like, you know, coding and tech is like this kind of like male centric bro culture, but you, you've been at the heart of it. And so now all these other places are like, oh, we should add women into our thing and add, you know, this acronym thing into our culture. So how does it feel to watch what may appear as like maybe heartfelt, really genuine changes to something maybe they should have changed five years ago versus, you know, is it window dressing, right? And what's your reaction to it all? Yeah, I mean, the industry's changed a lot for sure in the, you know, 10 years that we've been at it. And I would say there is like so much more opportunity for women and marginalized folks today in tech than there was because people have really come around to the realization that diverse teams perform better. Um, and so it's one of the reasons that people love to recruit out of Juno because they are going to get the chance to, you know, recruit uh, folks from different backgrounds, different educational backgrounds, different life backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, everything. Um, you know, when it comes to other schools, like to be honest, I'm just so long-term focused about what we're doing at Juno. Um, our goal is really to make sure that we're still around in 100 years and that we're still independent in 100 years. Um, and so we have a very long-term view. Um, we're very focused on our students. And um, yeah, like I have a competitive streak that makes me want to win for sure. But I've also realized that the best way to win is just to focus on what we're doing, be the best that we can be for our students and our community. And people who value that will choose Juno. Um, and of course, we do need to be better about telling our story. And that's the kind of the marketing side of things here. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not too fussed about it uh, when people choose competitors, because um, it's going to happen. Obviously, it's a sign of a healthy industry um, that competitors exist. Um, and I think over time, you know, I, I really feel strongly that like we will kind of win in the end. Um, and I have a lot of patience. It's awesome. And the other thing is Juno isn't just for women. It just happens to be empathetic and understanding of women. It just because you don't want to just, you know, describe yourself and kind of what do they call it? pink paint your organization and saying like, hey, we're woman run and woman owned and we, only women, you know, women are going to feel the most comfortable here. You're saying this is for everyone. It just happens to be run by a woman. Yeah, totally. And, and it's been great to create a space where like everybody can feel welcome. You know, we have men, we have women, we have many non-binary people. We've had um, a lot of trans students in the past couple of years, which has been wonderful. Um, we have many racialized folks. So we're really focused on serving everyone and making sure that we're creating a space that's comfortable for everybody. You know, we're thoughtful about stuff. It's like we think about how to make sure that, you know, in our classrooms that we're creating space for women to speak up or for quieter voices to speak up. We think about an introvert's experience versus an extrovert's experience in the program. We think a lot about, um, you know, neurodivergences um, and neurodiversity and how we can support different uh, learning needs. So there's like a lot of different things to think about when you're creating a school that's, that's um, for everybody. And, you know, there are maybe some people that don't care about that at all. They don't need any of that stuff. Um, and those are the folks that might choose to go to competitors. Um, but we'd like to think that the most thoughtful students, um, whether they are, you know, if, if you identify as a man, you know, Juno is still a great experience for you because we really care about everyone. Um, so hopefully those students will still choose Juno. It's amazing. And, and as far as like scholarships, government support, grants, what, what's it been like kind of dancing in that weird and wonderful world? Yeah, so we're um, a registered private career college. Um, so we're um, regulated by the Ministry of Colleges and Universities here in Ontario. 
Um, and you know, there, that's, that, there's some good stuff about that. Um, there's a lot of interesting student protections that are created as being part of that. Um, but also there's some interesting challenges as well. We are trying to navigate how to become OSAP eligible and that we realize would be amazing for our students. Um, but it's quite tricky to navigate that situation and figure is out it, how to get there. Is it like in BC, we have like PTIB, Private Training Institute, and there's two different levels you can get with the PTIB world. Is that something oh, right. like one you can offer student loans, one you can bring in international students, the other one is more like they're holding you accountable? Yeah, there's some stuff like, it, exactly, yeah. So right okay. now, um, there's restrictions on how many international students we could have. We don't have a lot of international students yeah. anyway, so that's not really relevant for us. And then OSAP is the Ontario Student Assistance Program, which yeah. is like funding from the province to attend college or university. Um, and so only certain institutions are eligible to receive that, that type of funding from students. So we're trying to become one of those institutions. There, you need a certain number of years of performance, you need to hit your KPIs, we blow our KPIs out of the water. So it's just about navigating all that stuff. So, you know, there's pros and cons there. But for the most part, you know, we do have a lot of innovative payment options for students, and we've largely invented them ourselves, and we fund them ourselves for the most part. So we have a scholarship that allows people to get started at Juno for free if they are interested in exploring the boot camp. That's for certain groups that are underrepresented in our classrooms. Uh, and then we also have our income share agreement program which allows people to pay little um, or less upfront for our bootcamp program, which is the one that helps you change careers. And then you start making payments back to Juno once you're employed, making 50K a year or more. So it's kind of a way to defer your payments for your training until after you're employed and really helps to align your incentives as a student with the incentives of a school, because if we don't do our job and get you a job, you never have to pay. So that's been a really cool program, which we introduced in 2019. What, and what do you call that program? It's the Income Share Agreement. I feel like every school should do that. Should it yeah, not? it's pretty cool. It, the, the biggest challenge with implementing it is that it's quite expensive to get started because suddenly you're foregoing a bunch of tuition and you're not going to yeah. receive it back for, you know, a, a year or two or, you know, you start receiving payments later. So you need to be able to bridge the, the gap there from a cash flow perspective. But we've done it. We've now been running this for, this is our third year. Uh, running income share agreements. So we're now kind of at the point where we receive as much back in payments as we give out. So it's sort of at an equilibrium. That's amazing. So tell me more, Juno. Uh, next steps. What, do you, what Anything new coming down the pipe? Anything fresh? Anything that you're really excited about? Yeah, um, this year we're pretty excited. We'll, we'll most likely be introducing a part-time version of our bootcamp program. Right now it's only available as a full-time experience. And we're always looking for ways to make our programs more inclusive. And so we hear people saying that they would be uh, more able to attend if they could manage the program with caretaking responsibilities or with a part-time job. Uh, so we're really excited about that, maybe even with a full-time job potentially. And then we're also looking to 2023, we're gonna be introducing a new topic. So that will be training people for a new profession. Um, will it be cybersecurity? Will it be you know, tech sales? Will it be growth marketing? Um, we're not exactly sure yet, um, but pretty excited to work on that in kind of the latter half of the year. Um, this year, we're really focused on growing our, our new data program. We just introduced it last year. So we're really still getting the word out about it, but um, the outcomes for the uh, folks in that course have been so great so far, really high salaries too, higher than our web dev salaries, which has been interesting. Um, and so, yeah, really excited to get more people enrolled in our data program this year. 
That that is amazing. I, I know of only one other program like that of U of A, and and it's amazing. And and we we really encourage a lot of our students to go and do that program because it's so needed. It's that you know kind of translator analysis because. Again, Google Analytics gives us so much data, and we get so much data from social channels. But who's that person that could summarize it and translate it into actionable uh, items? Yeah, absolutely. And we have both a part-time data course as well as the full-time kind of career-changing bootcamp. And the part-time data course has been particularly uh, popular. We have a partnership with Shopify, and uh, many, many people from Shopify are taking this data analytics course because Shopify wants everyone to be super literate with data, be able to communicate with their data teams and this kind of thing. So it's been exciting to see how that program has been growing by word of mouth, like even in the Shopify employee community. That's amazing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, are you feeling ready for the rapid fire round here? Yeah, sure. I'm so excited. So, here we go. What was your first ever job? I worked at McDonald's. I started there the day I turned 15. Uh, my parents actually worked there, and that's how they met when they were 16. So, there's kind of a family tradition of working at McDonald's. Both my siblings worked there too, um, and I became a manager there when I was 16 and worked there for five years in total. Uh, it was still, I look back super fondly on that experience. I learned so much. 
they have some of the best standard operating procedures of any organization. So you yeah, can, I'm sure you've been able to amazing, so inspiring. Uh, night owl or early bird? Uh, I am, I think, naturally a night owl, but now that I have kids, I don't have a choice and have become largely an early bird. So, you know, I'm up pretty much every day by seven. A cat or dog person? Neither. I don't like pets. Okay. Uh, first thing that you ever marketed? Mm, that's a good question. I had a little t-shirt business in high school yep. selling t-shirts. Um, and I found that my experience being in a sorority at university was actually really interesting business training. So maybe like marketing the membership experience in my sorority was something that was, I learned a lot from that in university. That's awesome. Uh, dark or milk chocolate? Ooh, um, that's tough. Like milk chocolate, if I want to eat junk food, dark chocolate I think is actually good for you. So I don't feel guilty ever if I'm eating dark chocolate. That's awesome. Uh, what's your favorite word right now? Maybe, maybe wild, yeah. you know, I've been trying to stop saying crazy and be yeah. more descriptive of what I'm actually trying to say. And like wild tends to come up a lot as like a, a solid replacement for the word crazy. And I've been, I've been really enjoying that. That's great. I like it. Um, what is the last charity that you supported financially or with your time and why? Uh, I'm a board member of park. It is a neighborhood, um, community organization, nonprofit charity in my neighborhood. And it's basically the, like the living room, um, for Parkdale. Um, they serve a lot of folks who are, um, unhoused and who have, uh, different various challenges in their lives. Um, and so it's really cool board to be part of because it's 50% people who are members of the organization and using the benefits of the organization or have in the past and 50% people from the community who want to help support, um, the organization. They provide low income housing, they provide programs, you know, they provide food to people who line up, uh, to get food on, on, you know, cold winter days, especially. Um, so it's been a really interesting way to learn more about a totally different world that people are living in and really improve my empathy as well and, and hopefully do some good. It's awesome. Uh, what is a movie you can watch like over and over and over again? Man, I barely watch any movies and like watching one more than once would seem very unnatural to me. But I would maybe pick something like dumb and nostalgic, like something I watched a lot in high school or something, and like Legally Blonde comes to mind. So yeah. maybe that. Uh, yeah. But I couldn't watch that over and over. I could only watch that once, like every 10 years or something. Yeah, that, that's a great one. Um, favorite song or album on repeat right now? I am going on a trip to Mexico soon. Uh, maybe, you know, with pandemic, you never know, but I think I am going. And we're going to be seeing our favorite band, my husband and Maya's favorite band, which is Fish. Um, so to prepare for that uh, concert or a series of concerts, I'm just listening to Fish songs at the moment. That is awesome. And now if you think of the Marvel multiverse, if you weren't doing this job, what would you be doing in another universe? I've never seen a Marvel movie, so okay. I'm going to guess what you mean by this, which is basically like, what is my superhero? Or more like in another uh, timeline of your life, another... Uh... Oh, like, like if, you, if I didn't become this and became something else? Yeah. Mm. Well, I very close, was very, very close to starting my career working at Kraft Foods yeah. as a sales rep. 
Um, I reneged on that job in order to move to China, which is where I ended up learning how to code in the first place. So I think in that universe, I would be like working my way up at Kraft Foods in Canada um, and probably having a, a, a bit of a crisis about it because I just think I would have a hard time like hawking Oreos and mac and cheese for a living. Um, It's really important to me that I like sell and create things that actually help people and that are valuable and aren't bad for the environment and are bad for people. Um, So I'm sure even in that universe, I would have already left that job anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Um, What's an app on your phone you just can't live without? Um... Let me look at my home screen. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an unexpected one. Yeah. Um, oh, one that I like. My husband and I use Telegram for messaging. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't let anyone else message me on Telegram. So it's a way that if I see a red notification on there, I know it's from him for sure. And it allows us to pay more attention to each other um, versus WhatsApp. You know, there's a million notifications all the time. I wouldn't yeah. know if it was important or not. Um, so that's been like a good hack for our relationship to make sure our communication is really quick. That's really smart. Love that idea. Definitely using that idea. It's genius. Um, favorite children's book? Favorite children's book. Oh man, my kids love the Dogman series. Yes, yes, yep. We have That's all awesome. 10 of these Dogman books. Um, both my kids love it. They're four and five and a half for anyone yeah. listening with kids. And they're comic books, basically. Um, I'm so sick of them by now. We've yeah. like read all of them. It's all we read. Every night yeah. we read like four chapters of Dogman. Have you seen um, the, but the, the, the language is pretty complex, so I'm kind yeah. of okay with it. Um, but yeah, that's it. Sorry. The cat has its own series now. Have you seen that? Is oh, like yeah. A, kind of like and then a, there's like also a, like Captain Underpants. Yes. My kids want me to buy that. I'm like, I don't know if I can have yeah. more of these comics in our yeah. library. Like, I think we have enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, I like the, in the Dogman, you can do like the, the, the flip pages. Like you can physically. The flipperama. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, totally. Um, best thing you ever bought for under $10? Under $10. Okay, I wish I had a better example, but like a plant, love yeah. plants. Um, my house is, has tons yeah. of plants everywhere yeah. and I love to grow them from being babies and like grow them bigger and bigger and bigger, bigger and repot them. It's, it's like a fun, fun little hobby. That's awesome. Um, that's a cool one. I like that. Um, what's the most important thing you ever changed your mind about? Oh my God, so many things. I love changing my mind. It's the mm-hmm. best. I love to like actually try and find yeah. reasons to change my mind. And yeah. I'm very like, I love like a well-laid argument in a book. I, I yeah. read like one to two hours a night yeah. and um, I'll re- you know, I'm reading a book right now on gut, on the gut, like the yeah. importance of the gut, like yeah. things like that. And it's just so cool to get your mind changed by something. The most awesome. important one you know, I think, I think right now there's like a really interesting education that probably a lot of people are going through around like, did we do the right things in the face of the COVID pandemic? And I don't know the answer. I have no idea what we should have done. I I don't know if what we did is right. I don't think we can know yet uh, for a while if what we did was right, but I've been, I've been seeking out a bit more of a diversified media consumption um, around COVID just to start to make sure that I'm being more like being balanced about it because there's a lot changing. There's a lot going on. Um, so I think it's time to just sort of like take a step back. And I've become a lot more interested in 
the actual science, yeah. you know, rather than like what politicians are telling us, like, what does the science show? And sometimes we don't have the answer, unfortunately, but yeah. that's something that I'm, I'm really quite like interested in right now. That's cool. Um, business or marketing book that you'd recommend to listeners? Um, I, I read good to great, like once every year or so. Um, I just find it always is like such a grounding book. Um, and there's like a joke that's like, Oh, Heather read good to great again. Like, you know, people can just tell when I've read it and I'm like talking about the hedgehog concept and stuff like that. So I really liked that one. Um, and I really come back to that one a lot. And then one that is like so fundamental to us at Juno is Traction by Gino Wickman. It's about the entrepreneur operating system that he created or whatever. And it's, it's how we operate Juno. It makes things so, so clear for people. Um, we really are very strong operationally because of this system that we adopted. Um, and so that's been transformational for me. I recommend that to every single business leader that I talk to. That's awesome. Um, now what about podcasts? Love podcasts. My favorites are ones where they like deep dive into honestly like corporate, like scandalous corporate stories. Like I love those. There was a great one called Fallen Angel on the rise and fall of Victoria's Secret, which is like, why would you ever think to like learn about that? But it was really fascinating. Um, and I was following all the, like the Elizabeth Holmes like the, her trial and there was a couple of different podcasts that were reporting on her trial and I really liked that as well. Um, so that's been great. And then lately sort of on the, in the science realm, I've been listening to more science podcasts, which is not usually something that I would previously be interested in. Um, but now like if there's a, if there's a podcast that is really referencing studies and they're not spouting opinion and they're sharing facts um, about science, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in that than I used to be. That's awesome. What, what about newsletters or websites that you recommend? Subscribe to any newsletters that you actually read through and like? I do love um, Jonathan and Melissa Nightingale's newsletter. They have a newsletter on leadership um, that is really excellent. They're like leadership um, trainers. They run management training, that kind of thing. And they've got this like really thoughtful newsletter that they create. I love that one. Um, I actually don't consume a ton of newsletters, so that's probably one of just a handful that I, that I consume. No, it makes sense. I know, I think I've subscribed to so many, but I really only read two that I really, really like. So Yeah. Um, what about a, uh, this is one I think very fitting for you, skills required for this kind of new collar era we're in, this new economy. When you hire people for Juno, what do you look mm. for? Yeah, great question. Um... At Juno in particular, um, I really love to see creative problem solving. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Juno is in a situation where we don't have like unlimited VC funding. That's not mm -hmm. the path we've taken. We're largely a bootstrapped company. So we have very real constraints, which mm -hmm. is like, do we, do we have the budget to be able to do that based on trying to be a profitable company every year? Um, so, you know, particularly with my leadership team, I am looking for people who can creatively solve problems with, with a very serious set of constraints. Um, and if you've, you know, if someone's been in a v, in the VC world or they've had kind of unlimited budget, um, that's like a very, it's a different muscle that you may not get the chance to exercise. Um, and then I think something that I'm like really passionate about right now is like 
I'm just getting more passionate about documentation. Finally, after 10 years, I'm like processes, documentation, memos. Like I really love seeing that stuff. And so I really, right now I'm loving when people put together like a super well thought out document that we put into our knowledge base in the right place. And, you know, just really wanting the, the company to be really able to operate well for a long time and not be based on the individual people in the room, but have the system set up for longevity. That's really important to me right now. It's amazing. So as far as um, operating system, are you like a Basecamp, Asana, Notion shop or what? How do you guys run your... We're actually using a knowledge base. We just started working on it. So we're in the mm-hmm. middle of transitioning from Google Drive, yes, the chaos yeah. that is Google Drive. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we'll still use Google Drive, obviously, for like working yeah. files. But we're yeah. actually using a tool called Slab, which is... Okay. Um, like Notion, but it's specifically yeah. for knowledge bases, I guess. I think I yeah. found them through the Y Combinator community yeah. um, and then shared it with my VP operations. And then they've been kind of working on onboarding us to that for a few months. Okay. That is amazing. So Heather, any, any closing thoughts, comments, fun facts? I've, I've been, I guess, well, this is not a fun fact, but yeah. I've been thinking about the pandemic's impact. And yeah. I tweeted earlier this week about how sad it is that during the pandemic some jobs have become so much better you know Juno's now like a completely remote company you can work from our office if you want to but you don't have to you can work from wherever you want um and even with how big tech has gotten in the last couple years like tech salaries are off the charts Amazon just raised their base pay from 180,000 to 360,000 you know in the past week um so those jobs have gotten so much better and so many important jobs in our society have gotten so much worse. Teachers have a much harder time now than they did before the pandemic. Healthcare workers have a much harder time. Retail workers, hospitality workers. Um, and I've, I've just been thinking about how shitty that is for our mm-hmm. society um, and how like this is definitely not putting us in the right direction. Like to have two different tiers of, of careers that you can have. Um, just really concerned about it. So, you know, it's, it's a tricky for me because obviously I help people move into tech. That's what I do as my profession. And I still think that that's a great idea for so many people. And, you know, we are helping so many retail workers and hospitality workers make the change because of COVID, because they're ready to move on. Um, but I can't help also but think about the, the bigger societal issue that we have around, like, we definitely need to do more for these other professions that are very important to a well-functioning society. Um, we don't want everyone to be in tech. I don't think that that's like the ultimate end game that we're going for. So I'm just really interested to see how this is going to happen, if market forces are going to fix it, or if we're going to have to count on the government to step in and improve these jobs. Um, but definitely, you know, a little nervous about the future, but also hopeful that we'll be able to solve these problems. It's incredible. Heather, thank you for joining us. So inspiring, motivating, exciting. Um... And, and I think a lot of people listening might even consider, hey, I want to add that to my resume or add that to my experience or add that to my language that I understand because I feel like marketing dabbles so much in tech, especially uh, when we look at the analytics and the data analysis stuff. Yeah, these days there's no getting away from it. So I think it's a good time as any, definitely a good time as any to get in there. Awesome. So Juno College, check it out. Based in Ontario, but remote learning all around the world. Um, from Newfoundland to none of it to Tofino, you could be taking these courses. Totally. Thanks, Heather. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada. We'll see you next time on the show. 
Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.